You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Spotify. You can check us out also on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure to follow me at Julian Council on Twitter, where every Friday I'm going to need your feedback and your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. So go ahead and get those questions in right now, and I've already gotten plenty of them. As it was roster cutdown day for the Carolina Panthers on Tuesday, they had to get down to their initial 53-man roster. And like I told you on Tuesday, when I made my projections, initial is the key word. The Carolina Panthers have not finalized their roster It's mandated by the NFL that they had to be down to 53 men by 4 p.m. Eastern time on August 31st, the deadline day for that. But that does not mean that the 53 men who are currently on the Panthers roster, or at least were then, will still be on the roster in 12 days time when the New York Jets come to town for week one's opening game at Bank of America Stadium. So leave that or keep that in mind rather as we continue to have the conversation here on today's show. We'll talk about some of the surprises, some of the needs Carolina Panthers still have on the roster as teams have released other players throughout the NFL. And there's 31 other teams where you could potentially pick up guys off the waiver wire who might make sense for the Carolina Panthers. And one of the most shocking cuts was a former Carolina Panthers quarterback. I've already gotten questions about him. You know who he is and whether the Carolina Panthers should think about bringing him back to Carolina. So we'll get into all of that. On today's show. Let's go ahead and start off though. If you've missed it somehow, these are the 53 men who initially made the Carolina Panthers roster. They took two quarterbacks, of course, Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, three running backs and Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard. They also took Trenton Cannon, one fullback. I'm going to put him in fullback instead of the tight end position, even though the official team website has him as a tight end as of Tuesday. But Matt Rule said as much that he will be wearing the number 40 now, Giovanni Ritchie. They took four tight ends in Dan Arnold, Ian Thomas, Tommy Trimble, and Colin Thompson. The Panthers have also taken six wide receivers in DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, David Moore, Shai Smith, and Brandon Zilstra. The offensive line, they took nine. Cam Irving, Pat Elfline, Matt Paradis, John Miller, Taylor Moten, Trent Scott, Dennis Daly, Deontay Brown, and Brady Christensen. The defensive line is deep. They had 10 defensive linemen in Brian Burns, Daquan Jones, Derek Brown, Morgan Fox, Etor Grossmatos, Bravion Roy, Davion Nixon, Phil Hoskins, Marquise Haynes, and Daryl Johnson at linebacker. They have six linebackers the Carolina Panthers do on the initial 53-man roster. Hassan Reddick, Shaq Thompson, Jermaine Carter Jr., Frankie Louvu, Julian Stanford, and Clay Johnston. Corner. They have five. Dante Jackson, Keith Taylor, J.C. Horn, Stan Thomas Oliver, and Miles Hartsfield. And at safety, they have four. Jeremy Chin, Sam Franklin, Justin Burris, and Sean Chandler. And then to the specialists, there's only three of them, of course. They have kept Ryan Santoso as the kicker, long snapper, J.J. Jansen, and the punter once again will be Joe Charlton for your Carolina Panthers. Those are the 53 men who initially made the Panthers roster keyword initially. And just looking at things at quarterback, 
I had the conversation throughout the preseason of whether the Carolina Panthers would keep P.J. Walker or Will Greer or possibly both of them. I thought that there was a good possibility the Carolina Panthers would keep all three just based off of the development that we had seen from Will Greer and a potential that maybe later on they could trade him. I'm not quite sure whether Scott Fitter or Matt Rule had thought about that at all. I did believe that P.J. Walker would be the number two quarterback whether they kept Will Greer or not. But they've decided to move on from Will Greer. P.J. Walker is now the backup quarterback. Matt Rule has not ruled out potentially getting a veteran backup. Brian Hoyer is someone who was released by the New England Patriots, who we'll get to a little bit later, as Mac Jones will be their starting quarterback. But the expectation is that Brian Hoyer will be re-signed. Brian Hoyer is not necessarily someone I think should be coming to Carolina. Yes, he would offer some veteran presence for Sam Darnold, but I think that's something that Bill Belichick and the Patriots probably want more for Mac Jones as their new starter. Running back, I had Chris McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, and Trenton Cannon, of course. Trenton Cannon there for his special teams prowess. I was a little surprised to see that there was no third true running back behind McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard. I thought that Spencer Brown would make the roster just based off of he's been healthy, where Reggie Bonifon and Rodney Smith had not been healthy. Bonifon was waived on an injury settlement early on Tuesday afternoon. And then on pra- at practice, Rodney Smith was finally healthy after being banged up with a knee issue the last couple weeks. And I was thinking maybe he's going to make the roster. Well, after practice, Rodney Smith became the last person to be released by the Carolina Panthers. Giovanni Ritchie, who is going to be a fullback, was also listed as a tight end. He's versatile. We've talked about how this team loves versatility, especially on the offensive line and defensively as we have a guy like Jeremy Chin. They love it too, what they get with Giovanni Ritchie. I thought that he would make the roster in favor of Colin Thompson. But Colin Thompson, who's true as a true tight end, he stays on the roster the camp, so the Panthers carry four tight ends. No surprise there at wide receiver at all. Shai Smith, an update there. Matt Rule expects him to be out two to three weeks, but he will not be an IR candidate. So those are your six wide receivers. Brandon Zilstra making it once again based off of special teams. Offensive line, nothing really to say there. D-line, Daryl Johnson makes the roster after they traded for him. I honestly thought that potentially, because of him being added, that that could cost someone like Phil Hoskins his job, but instead it looks like it cost Christian Miller. The fourth-round pick for the Carolina Panthers back in 2019, it looks like he cost him his job. Christian Miller is one of those guys who I was really interested to see how he would factor into the roster after opting out last season with a new coaching staff, having been um, drafted by the former regime of Ron Rivera and Marty Herney. Of course, Herney no longer being here. I wanted to see whether Matt Rule and his staff liked him. He played a ton of snaps in the preseason. They got a good look. But considering the depth that they have at edge rusher, they felt like it was time to move on, which calls into question the 2019 draft class that now no longer has Will Greer, no longer has Greg Little, no longer has Christian Miller. All three of those guys have departed during the preseason and training camp. Jordan Scarlett's been long gone. Taylor Godwin's been long gone. The Panthers only have two guys remaining. From that draft class back in 2019, Brian Burns and Dennis Daly. Burns is a stud, and Daly, who I think actually eventually will turn out to be a starter here in Carolina at the guard position, especially after watching what Pat Elfline looked like and even John Miller looked like on Friday evening against the Pittsburgh Steelers twos. Uh, And then looking at linebacker, Reddick, Thompson, Carter, we knew that was going to be the starting linebacker. Frankie Louvu looked outstanding throughout the preseason. Julian Stanford's there primarily as a guy for special teams. And then Clay Johnston. I had kind of a feeling that Clay Johnston could make this roster 
I wasn't willing to go out there and say it yesterday on the pod. I had a feeling that he could, considering that he did play for Matt Rule and they brought him on last season. He's also maybe a candidate of someone who could get let go with the Panthers scour the waiver wire and see someone who they think could be an upgrade at linebacker. How can you continue to say, KJ Wright, dude is unsigned right now. If you want depth at linebacker, maybe that could be your guy. At corner, Dante Jackson, Keith Taylor, J.C. Horn, Stan Thomas, Oliver, Miles Hartsfield. None of those are surprising at all. What was a big surprise was potentially that Rashawn Melvin didn't make the roster at all as a veteran. And that's going to make things a little bit difficult for the Panthers as they have two weeks without A.J. Boye. And it's important to add that A.J. Boye, someone who will be suspended for the first two games of the season based off of the league drug suspension policy that he broke last year, serving a six-game suspension, had four last year, now finishing it up with the two to begin the season. Going to leave the team really young at corner to start off the season with Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn, of course, starting, and then having a rookie in Keith Taylor and in younger players in Miles Hartsfield and San Thomas Oliver, two second-year players there at that position. And at safety, Kenny Robinson not making it, not really that surprising. He had come a long way, didn't make the roster last year after being a fifth-round pick in the 2020 draft, eventually signed to the practice squad, then bounced back and forth. I expect that to be the same thing here for Carolina. The one thing that was really positive, though, when it comes to the roster cutdowns, I think worked out for the better for the Carolina Panthers, is the fact that Thomas Fletcher, the six-round draft pick, the long snapper at Alabama, was placed on season-ending IR with a hip injury. Matt Rule does not know necessarily when it occurred. He thinks it might have happened with the Ravens game. He showed up to practice on Tuesday in a red jersey and was limping. And to put him on season-ending IR, when J.J. Jansen, who I thought was not going to make the roster after they decided to draft Thomas Fletcher, because you don't draft a young, long snapper and keep around the guy who's been the longest tenured and oldest player on the roster, but he makes it. The good thing about it is J.J. Jansen is going to be a free agent after this season. I would imagine that considering the Panthers tried to replace him, Matt Rule and Scott Fitter, that is, I would imagine this is probably his last year. He's had a great run of it. He gets one final season to be the long snapper. And then Thomas Fletcher, who's on a four-year rookie deal, who's on season-ending IR, can take over next year. Hopefully, he'll gain some more consistency and be the long-term option. So anyone out there who's upset about Thomas Fletcher looking like he wasn't going to make the roster and the Carolina Panthers having used a six-round draft pick on a long snapper when a lot of folks said, well, they need a kicker or these other or a linebacker or some other positions to be addressed, you can take a deep breath. Thomas Fletcher is going to be the future at the position for the Carolina Panthers. A few other notes. Uh, Keith Kirkwood, feel bad for the guy to have taken that shot he took a couple weeks ago from JT eBay to be out for three weeks. And then after last season where he had not one, but two collarbone injuries, only played one week against the Chicago Bears where he once again broke his collarbone. It sucks that the guy didn't even get an opportunity. Maybe he'll be a practice squad guy. I don't know. Matt Rule has a familiarity with him having played at Temple or have coached him at Temple, rather. So it's unfortunate that he didn't get the opportunity to show what he was capable of throughout the preseason, even though I don't know if it would have made a difference considering that Brandon Zilstra provides you that kind of a special teams prowess. And in Shai Smith, another one of their draft picks, has shown a lot of promise. And you're looking over the last couple of seasons, the Panthers, and the draft picks that they brought on, the only guy who has not made the roster from my recollection, from what I'm thinking is um, 
Kenny Robinson, both years in a row, he has not made the roster, the list, the initial 53 man later on, you know, being added to the practice squad and coming up throughout the season. So that's the only guy I can think of. And in back to back seventh round picks, Stan Thomas Oliver, once again on the roster and in this year, Phil Hoskins, someone who I thought would be borderline. He makes the roster for the Carolina Panthers, something in years past. We never expected the seventh rounder to make it now back to back years, a seventh round draft pick is here with the Carolina Panthers, at least on the initial 53-man roster. And looking at more things, some surprises, what needs do the Panthers have in competition they could potentially bring in in the next coming week or so prior to week one against the New York Jets. I'll get into all of that here in just a moment. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, where if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. The Panthers are down to 53 men as the NFL mandated them to do by 4 p.m. on Tuesday, August 31st. And it's just the initial roster. There's certainly going to be changes and there'll be guys added to the practice squad as they're able to add 16 players again like last season with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. So a lot of guys that we saw that were cut over the last 24 plus hours, we'll see them back here in Carolina with the Panthers practice uniform. And potentially we could see them in an actual game uniform throughout the season at Bank of America Stadium and at a stadium near you in the National Football League. Now, there were certainly a lot of interesting decisions made. I went into the P.J. Walker, Will Greer decision. I did think a couple weeks ago that best case scenario for the Panthers was that Will Greer had shown enough in that second preseason game with the Baltimore Ravens and having been a third-round draft pick that some team in the NFL might be interested in Will Greer as a developmental player that they could trade for. Instead, the Carolina Panthers ended up waving him in favor of P.J. Walker, who once again will be the backup quarterback here in Carolina this year behind Sam Darnold after spending a year last year behind Teddy Bridgewater and getting the start against the Detroit Lions in a game the Carolina Panthers won by shutting out Matt Stafford and that Lions offense. Now, one of some of the things that surprised me decision-wise was not keeping a third running back. Spencer Brown, and I said this to you on Tuesday, I thought he would just make the roster just based off of like he's the only other healthy running back. Trenton Cannon is more of a special teams guy and a kick returner, so you're not going to think of him as someone who's going to step in and get some carries, say, you know, in a game McCaffrey goes down and you got it, and then, you know, or maybe not McCaffrey, but like let's say either McCaffrey or Hubbard go down and you need someone to spell the other. Now, if Hubbard goes down, then you just let McCaffrey run all freaking day. You guys know my stance on McCaffrey and his workload. When it comes to Chuba Hubbard, yeah, maybe try and get someone to spell him for a couple of series. Not a couple of series, but, you know, a couple snaps here or there. I don't see Trent Cannon as that guy. Why not have Spencer Brown? Who I understand that Matt Rule was never 
too overwhelming in his praise of him because of his lack of pass protection ability and he wasn't great on special teams currently. And if you really want to make the roster as a guy like him, undrafted free agent out of UAB, you can be an excellent runner all you want, but you're not going to be asked to carry the football really at all. So you need to be good in special teams. And he wasn't. I just thought that maybe considering that they didn't have another rusher who had been available and been healthy and Reggie Bonifant and Smith being injured, that he might get an opportunity. And then the Panthers would then look at the waiver wire and see what rate, what free agent running backs were available, sign that guy, then let go Spencer Brown. Maybe that's still what they're going to do now is go find a running back. So we'll see what happens. Keeping five tight ends was a little surprising to me. Ricci now just designated as purely a fullback. It makes a lot more sense. And now you have four tight ends, and it looked like they always wanted to keep four tight ends. Ian Thomas and Tommy Trimble and Dan Arnold, of course. And then now they kept Colin Thompson, who played in a number of games last year, had a receiving touchdown against Tampa Bay at home at Bank of America Stadium last season. And, of course, he's a former rule guy back in college, someone that they did not want to move on. I thought, though, it was a little surprising at first when I was saying we have five tight ends. But now seeing that Richie is going to be a running back, and it could also play tight end if needed, that makes more sense. Um, Hoskins making the roster. I don't know if it's that surprising, but to have back-to-back seventh-round picks make the roster here in Carolina is a testament to what they've done in the draft the last two seasons with Matt Rule in charge back last year in 2020 with Marty Herney still at the helm as a GM and then this year with Scott Fitterer maneuvering the draft board in a way that we've never seen here in Carolina throughout the 20-plus years of the franchise here in Charlotte and throughout the Carolinas. So those are kind of things that surprise me. In terms of needs, kicker, Ryan Santos, though the Carolina Panthers, yes, they gave up a seventh-round draft pick. It's conditional. Matt Rule let the media know once again on Tuesday, like, look, it's conditional. He has to play a certain amount of games for that trade to even count. So they really don't feel like they're going to miss out on anything at all if they cut Ryan Santoso, which is true. Um, so it's not like, you know, they really gave it that much capital for him at all. It's, you know, it's a seven-round pick. And we've seen the last two years that actually seven-round picks turn out to be guys who make the roster. Now, how big their impact is, that is to be determined when it comes to Stan Thomas Oliver and Phil Hoskins. Of course, Jake Verity is the name I brought up. He was waived by the Baltimore Ravens. I think they probably tried to trade him. That did not happen. But he was waived. I think it was the Detroit Lions that don't even have a kicker on their roster right now. There's some team in the NFL. I want to say it's Detroit. They don't have a kicker on their roster. I'm sure they're going to be calling Jake Verity. The Carolina Panthers should make the call first. Get him in here. As Justin Tucker, as I mentioned multiple times on this podcast so far, would be shocked that guy's not on a 53-man roster this season. Verity looked really good. Why not bring him in here to compete with Santoso for a couple of days? and see who the right guy is heading into that Jets game. There's no reason the Carolina Panthers should not be bold in their decision-making when it comes to their kickers and trying to find as many options as possible so they have the right option come week one and they don't have a situation where their kicker is costing them a football game like it's happened the last two seasons with Joey Sly, who is no longer here, of course, in Carolina. A veteran cornerback help. A.J. Boye going to be out the first two weeks. Surprising that Rashawn Melvin was let go. When he was signed, I never really was all that gung-ho about it. He was on his ninth team. He's a veteran. Steve Smith actually on the broadcast on Friday talked about how he had played with Rashawn Melvin. And he said, like, sometimes he looks great. Other times he's just blowing coverages. And it's just like, you know, he's just a guy. And he's a journeyman. And there's a reason why he's been around the league, all these different teams. He's just not someone who sticks around. He's not really a marquee player that you want to build around defensively. But I would have felt like, at least for the first two weeks, Having that veteran presence would have made some sense. 
But now it's going to be Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn starting week one like we always knew uh, was going to happen. I love what Miles Hartfield did playing nickel the other night against Pittsburgh. Now, those are his twos, but he was aggressive. He was awesome in coverage. It's possible that they're comfortable rolling with the young guys for two weeks and not being all too concerned. You think about week two, Michael Thomas is on the pup list of the Saints. Marquez Callaway looked really good for the Saints in the preseason. But New Orleans doesn't really have that scary pass catcher at wide receiver right now until Thomas comes back. So possibly the Carolina Panthers think they can get by week one against the Jets and week two against the Saints without needing to add a veteran. The last year you saw Rasul Douglas, they needed to add a veteran. Douglas was not great a lot of the time last season, which is why he's not back here in Carolina. I just think it's something that the Carolina Panthers should obviously take a look at, bringing in some veteran cornerback help. Then veteran safety, they like what they have in Chin and Burris and in the two young guys, Sam Franklin and Sean Chandler, I almost said Sean Franklin and Sam Chandler, but uh, Sam Franklin and Sean Chandler, I don't know if they're going to add another veteran safety, but it is something that they should take a look at over the next coming days as they continue to try and find who the right 53 guys are for the Carolina Panthers heading into week one against the New York Jets. Now, there's been questions asked out there of a former Panthers quarterback and whether reunion makes sense. I'll get to that in just a minute and why I believe there's just no way that could possibly work. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Built Bar is by far the best tasting protein bar ever. I don't know how many times I got to keep telling you people this. Built Bars are delicious, like ridiculously delicious. They have nine flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor. And some of my favorites, which is all of them, are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone, even you, who says you don't like protein bars. There are something here for you. Built Bars are incredible. They're soft and easy to chew, covered 100% chocolate. And the coolest thing about Built Bar, for those of you who can't make a decision on anything in life, you can get a mix box, which means you get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one box. Incredible. You know what else is incredible about Built Bar? They're healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It was the news of the day in the National Football League on Tuesday as it came down the wire Tuesday morning. Reported by Jeff Howe, I believe, in Boston, first reporting it, that Cam Newton, Cameron Jarrell Newton, a former league MVP here with the Carolina Panthers, drafted formerly number one overall and was going into his second season as the presumed starting quarterback for New England Patriots 
was released by Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Stunning news. I did not see this coming. I was someone who thought that Cam would at least get the opportunity to start out the season as a starter over Mac Jones, the first round draft pick out of Alabama. But as we saw throughout the preseason, Mac Jones pretty much outplayed Cam. And by pretty much outplayed Cam, it seems it's pretty obvious that Mac Jones outplayed Cam, considering that Bill Belichick is going with his first round draft pick, opposed to having Cam Newton start for the whole season, or at least for a couple weeks. And it makes sense. If you have a rookie quarterback and he looks good, why even delay it and, and not let him play right away? I'm talking to you, Chicago Bears, even though I don't think Justin Fields has looked as good, at least throwing the football, as Mac Jones has looked throughout the preseason. Either way, the news now has brought up a scenario where people, for whatever reason, it's I say scenario in quotes, where people believe that Cam Newton in a reunion with the Carolina Panthers would make sense. It doesn't. If the Carolina Panthers wanted Cam Newton to be their quarterback, they would have kept him last season. And by the Carolina Panthers, I mean David Tepper, Matt Rule. If they wanted Cam Newton to be here in Carolina as their starting quarterback, they would have let him play with the $19 million he was owed last year, opposed to signing Teddy Bridgewater to a deal that we knew from the day it was signed was a terrible deal. And the Panthers probably would have been better off doing that instead of paying the majority of Bridgewater's salary and having paid him $31 million over this season. I don't think the Panthers would have been any good last year had Cam played the way he played in New England following his COVID-19 diagnosis. He was great Sunday night against Seattle in that game on the road when the Patriots lost the end. And then after that, he was bad. Just flat out bad. And I'm a guy who loves Cam. Love what he did for my hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. His charitable works. It will never make sense to me, the people that hate him, for a guy who has never been arrested for anything or had any sort of issues off the field throughout his professional career. You can bring up the laptop thing back when he was a a teenager at the University of Florida if you want. But we all made mistakes when we were kids, and I'm not going to sit there and punish Cam for something that happened over a decade ago and that he didn't even do to me. The guy was a fantastic citizen in the city and made our franchise honestly relevant. Yes, you had great players in the past like Julius Peppers and Steve Smith. But when Cam Newton, when number one came to Charlotte, people actually cared about the Carolina Panthers and wanted to watch Ace Boogie go out there and lead this football team. That being said, the glory days of Cam are over. He will come back to Charlotte one day to be put into the Hall of Honor, but not to ever don a Panthers uniform again unless he's having a speech in front of the crowd at Bank of America Stadium or if it's later round down the road at the new facility that they're going to have, likely on the location of Charlotte Pipe and Foundry. Cam Newton does not need to be here in Carolina. One of the reasons the Patriots got rid of him was that he's such a dominating figure and that the locker room was so gravitated towards Cam because of the kind of leader he was, his work ethic. I know there's always been a misconception that Cam is lazy and a bad teammate, but you talk to anyone who played with him and you listen to Bill Belichick over the last couple uh, last season and all the praise he said about Cam being the first guy in, last guy out, he was always the hardest worker. So that was always crap that people threw out there. Still, he does not, they don't want him to be a backup, at least in New England, because they don't feel like Mac Jones can control the locker room, at least have the locker room's full on support with Cam Newton still being there and guys knowing just how hard he works and how much they love Cam and want to follow him. Why would that not be the same case here in Carolina? It's going to be the same case in a lot of locker rooms as their perception is that Cam Newton is just too dominating a figure to be a backup quarterback. 
Bill Belichick thinks that, and he's the best coach in the history of the National Football League, I'm sure that all these other guys who are nearly as smart as Bill Belichick feel the same way. I personally think that Bill did came a favor by releasing him and trying to give him an opportunity instead of keeping him on the roster to be a backup quarterback. I also believe that the vaccination status, which I don't think Bill Belichick even um, addressed at all when talking about letting Cam Newton go, I do believe it played a factor because if you think about it, if Mac Jones somehow who's vaccinated has a breakthrough COVID case and he's in the same room as Cam Newton, Cam's going to be a close contact. As we just saw last week, he'd have to be out for five days. The Patriots probably don't want to put themselves in that position And I don't know what team can even sign Cam right now since he's not vaccinated. So if he wants to play in the National Football League this season, he's going to have to get vaccinated. But here in Carolina, like I've said with the Sean Watson thing, that's a whole different scenario and story that's working out there with Deshaun Watson, where it seems like the Dolphins are still pretty gung-ho about adding him as their starting quarterback this season. I I have no idea if that's going to work out or not. It's not going to happen here in Carolina. As the Panthers said when it comes to Deshaun Watson, they are here to try and stick with Sam Darnold. They want to see what they have in him. I've said it once and I'll say it again. I don't necessarily believe in Sam Darnold. I'll believe it when I see it. But I do believe that he should have the opportunity after the Carolina Panthers gave up what they gave and put him through an entire offseason program to be the starting quarterback. And bringing Cam to be a backup in Carolina is patently ridiculous. The dude's not going to come here and be a backup after making this franchise relevant after his nine seasons. As the quarterback here in town, that makes no sense at all. So Cam Newton come back to Carolina, it's not going to happen. He was on a podcast talking about how you know they were intimidated by him. How would things change at all over the last season, or the last year or so since he's been gone, that the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, David Tepper, aren't still intimidated by Cam as their starting quarterback or as a figure that they think that they can't control? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they feel about him, but they didn't feel like he was the guy that was right for the Carolina Panthers in year one of Matt Rule, and they thought it was Teddy Bridgewater instead. They were obviously wrong on that. We knew that day one, and now they're going with Sam Darnold. I think they're wrong again on that, but we will see. Going to let it play out. But as far as Cam Newton come back to Carolina to be the back of quarterback or be a part of this roster, that's just not going to happen. I love Cam. You should love Cam. If you hate Cam, you're an idiot. But man, we'll have a day to celebrate Cam Newton from welcoming back home to Charlotte to the Carolinas. But now is not the time. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only. Don't be a hater. Also, make sure to follow me on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter right now, at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation for our weekly Friday mailbag. Get in your questions. I've already seen plenty of them coming through. I'm sure you're going to have a ton of them as we continue to see how the Carolina Panthers roster takes shape over the next couple of days as the Panthers try to find the right 53 men who will go into battle. Week one against the New York Jets on September 12th at Bank of America Stadium. So we'll get into all that throughout the rest of the week. Thanks so much for your support. As always, I'll talk to you all on Thursday.